I've had my feelings hurt. I've had people say things that are untrue and unkind. I've had Sundays where I thought, hello, I see dead people. And wondering if anybody's listening and kind of wanting to drive over where and just, just wanting to quit. But I haven't quit by God's grace. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. God didn't stutter. He didn't stammer. He didn't skip a beat when he was trying to tell you what you needed to do. He wants you to be a part of the disciple-making process. If you are a Christ follower, I don't care if you're a butcher or baker or candlestick maker. I don't care if you're a school teacher, if you're a lawyer, if you're a medical doctor. Whatever you do to pay the bills does not exempt you from being a faithful discipler of those that you come in contact with. That's your call as a Christ follower. So why don't we? For Jonah... I'm going to tell you, Jonah didn't do it for a couple of the reasons I think that keep us from doing it today. Be careful here. Jonah didn't do it because of nationalism and isolationism. He he was all about protecting Israel. He was all about everybody in Israel getting right with God. But God, you know these Assyrians. We're going to see his mentality. He didn't like them. In fact, I'm just telling you what he was thinking. When it came to Assyria, Jonah felt like they can go to hell. I want to tell you something, church. It's pretty cool that God allowed me to be born in God-blessed America. I love our nation. I think there's an appropriate place for patriotism and being grateful for those that have gone before us and fought for their freedoms. But if ever we get our priorities so misplaced that we become nationalistic or isolated when it comes to our faith and we don't see the people of the world the way that God sees the people of the world and we don't reach out and love them as the God who loved them so much that he gave his son. If that becomes a reality in our little corner of the world, we have messed up big time. And that was the case. That was the case for Jonah. See, when we rebel against God's word and his will, we should expect the consequences will affect our way of living. I want to read verse 3 again, and I want you to get a couple of truths out of this. Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Side note, we don't really know who wrote Jonah. It's hard to think that it was actually Jonah because he doesn't always paint himself in the best light. Um, whoever wrote it was saying here, When he fled, make no mistake, he was fleeing the presence of God. And he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. Remember when you said that? Say it again. He paid the fare. And he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. God called him to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was in what is modern-day Iraq. Jonah would have lived in where the area that Jesus actually ministered. He would have lived in Israel in what is Galilee. It was about a 500-mile journey to the east 
to go to Nineveh, Mosul, Iraq of today. What did Jonah do? He went the exact opposite direction. <laughs> he took a 180 degree turn and he said, I think I'm going to go this way. Actually, he turned south first and he went to the city of Joppa. Joppa was a port there on the Great Sea and there on the Great Sea. You can still go there today. I was there in the beginning of June. I was in Joppa and we were looking out at the beach and, and, and the beautiful beach and all that we saw there just as Jonah was in that day. And as he was there on the beach, I don't know how this happened, but he, he found out this ship was going to Tarshish. Tarshish. Don't you just like say, say that. Say Tarshish. It's kind of fun. This was not a 500-mile journey. This is a one-year journey by sea. It was a little almost deserted island off of the coast of Spain. He was trying to get as far away from God as possible. If Nineveh was obedience, Tarshish was disobedience. If Nineveh was God's way, Tarshish was his way. God said go. Jonah said no. God said east. Jonah said west. We all have a decision to make. Am I going to go to Nineveh or am I going to go to Tarshish? God's way or our way. And when God's calling you in your faith, Again, if, if I accept the principle that this is just not going to be an easy life, that sometime I'm going to have to step outside of my comfort zone, I want to tell you four ways he's going to challenge you when he's working. First of all, he's going to challenge your convictions. What do you really believe about me? Then he's going to challenge your compassion. What do you really love most? Then he's going to challenge your comfort. What are you willing to give up so that you can go up? And, and then he's going to challenge um, your commitment. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Now, just think about that. That's scriptural. Not just walking down an aisle or raising a hand or getting dunked in some water and, and I've got fire insurance. No, the scriptural path is that this answer to God's call is going to cost me. God calls us. It always challenges us. And so Jonah rejected it. And the Bible says he went down. Now, that's literally true geographically on the map. He went down from Galilee to Joppa. But it's also true spiritually. When we rebel, when we're disobedient to God, it's a downward spiral. And as the old preachers used to say, that downward spiral of sin always takes us further than we want to go. It always costs us more than we want to pay. And it always keeps us longer than we want to stay. He went down to Joppa, and then we get to that part that I've had you repeat twice. He paid the fare. Say that again. Say, he paid the fare. Why do you think I'm asking you to repeat that? I want you to understand something simple and true. When it comes to God's will, if he orders it, he'll take care of the bill. But when you do things your way, you're going to have to pay for the cost. If God asks you to do something, we see this all throughout the New Testament. When Jesus sent out the disciples, he said, you don't need to take your wallets. You don't even need sandals. Leave everything you got. I got your back. I'm going to take care of you. When God orders it, he pays the way. When we do it our way, when we do our own thing, you better be ready. Because you're responsible for the consequences. So what happened with Jonah? Jonah went. He paid the bill. And he got on a ship. 
Now, we're looking at this thousands of years later in a negative light. But I want you to think about Jonah. Jonah was like any good old Baptist. He walked up and went, oh, well, they had a ticket on the boat. It must have been God's will. Because that's the way you work. I don't know where in church we trained us to work this way, but we are so messed up when it comes to spiritual things. If we drive into Publix and there is a parking place, we go, oh, look, a closed parking place. Must have been God's will. (laughs) The circumstances of life don't necessarily dictate God's will in our lives. Just because the circumstances are working out, don't assume you're walking with God. There will always be ships to Tarshish available. But listen, just because the boat is in the dock, it doesn't mean that God is in the boat. Learn to listen and discern God's will. Well, what's the consequences of uh, Jonah's decision? You see that there in the verses we read? There's a storm. And if you hang out here very much, you know one of the things I like to remind us is we're in one of three categories. We've either just come out of a storm, we're in the midst of a storm, or we're headed into a storm. Well, in this case, the Bible is very explicit. God sends the storm. Now, I think the Bible is also clear. All the storms we face are not because of the hand of God. But it's certain that sometimes in life, the difficulties we're facing are because of the consequences of our disobedience and our rebellion. And God either allows or sends a storm to what the New Testament calls discipline his children. So are you walking through a financial storm? First thing you need to do is step back and say, God, have I been obedient to what you've already told me to do? You're walking through a relational storm. The first thing you need to do, don't point the finger at somebody else. Step back and say, God, am I being obedient to what I know you've already called me to do? You're walking through a storm in your workplace? Don't pout and get your feelings hurt and quit. First thing you need to do is look into God's word and look at your life and say, God, am I being obedient to what you've called me to do and according to your will? And we can go on and on in every area of your life. Don't miss this. When you find yourself in the middle of life storms, it's appropriate to ask whether or not God sent the storm. God loves us and he doesn't want to punish us, but he is holy and he always punishes sin. And our sin as Christ followers was ultimately punished on the cross of Calvary through the death of Jesus Christ. But the consequences of our sinful choices here on this side of heaven will sometimes still be realized. And you see that all throughout the Bible, by the way. The New Testament calls King David a man after God's own heart. But after David's sin, he lived a life of misery in many ways as a consequence to the sinful choices that he experienced. In this particular case, just think about what God was willing to do. He was willing to do this. He was willing to tear that boat into sticks. He was willing to drown all those sorry idol-worshiping mariners, not the Seattle mariners, but the mariners on the boat. And he was willing to kill Jonah. 
When God speaks his word and his will into our life, we have to learn to take it seriously. Because when God wants you to get out of your comfort zone, he will do it one way or the other. I wish you could see, I wish you could see what I see because we're a multi-generational church and there are people of all different ages and, and some who have hair like mine and they live a little life. When I said those words, you're just sitting there just shaking your heads because when God wants to get us out of our comfort zone, he will do it one way or the other. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says, the Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. You can't run from God. Psalms 139 says, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I free from your presence? It goes on to say um, in, in verse nine, if I take the wings of the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. You know what I've learned? Sometimes God would rather sink the ship than allow me to arrive at my destination. Proverbs put it this way. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end of it leads to death. So so each of us should just ask this morning, are there any attitudes or actions in my life that are inviting the wrath of God? Again, don't confuse us with our salvation. When Jesus died on the cross once and for all, He bore the wrath, the anger of God. But our sin still angers God. Is there anything I'm doing that's unchecked in my life that's causing anger for the holy God? Let me give you one last thought. One of the greatest consequences of our rebellion is the impact it has on the people around us in our little corner of the world. Here's a pop test. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you it was coming, but I need you to respond. All you have to say is true or false. This is a true or false test you have to answer out loud. It's based on stuff we've already talked about. Okay, you ready? Jonah was not a rookie prophet. Yes, you listen. I would have been so discouraged if you'd have got that wrong. But you're listening. No, he was not a rookie prophet. He was the man of God. And God always has a plan for his man of God. But where was the man of God? The idol worshipers on the boat were praying and the man of God was sleeping. The one who knew the answers was asleep on the job. The one who could have pointed those on the boat to the hope and the way of salvation was asleep. Oh, friends, I hear that and I just think, remember, we all have responsibilities as followers of Christ. Is it possible that God is calling us to make a difference for his glory right here, right now, in our generation, in our corner of the world? But we're asleep on the job. By Jonah's casual inactivity, he's denying perishing men the opportunity for the hope of the Lord's salvation. And you may not be living a life of active sin, but by your casual inactivity in your faith journey, 
you may be sitting idly by while your neighbors and your coworkers and your classmates and those in our little corner of the world are headed to a destination that's separated from the love of God. So they came to Jonah and they said, cry out to your God. And what you're going to see is that Jonah did. But the one he claimed to worship, he wasn't even walking with and didn't have the impact he wanted. And that just reminds me, when we come into settings like this, it doesn't matter how emotional we get or if we raise our hand, if we're excited about what's taking place, if we're not walking with the one we're worshiping, our worship may be on deaf ears. Let me give you this thought because it speaks to what Jonah experienced. There's a lie in our society that a lot of us have bought. It goes like this. My sin is my business. I'm not hurting anybody else but myself. I just got to sow my wild oats. I just got to do my thing. It's a lie. The truth is, when we, when we stand and step outside of the will of God, even as Christ's followers, we become a burden, not a blessing, to those around us. And I think for our true revival to take place among Christ followers, it's, it's when we begin to take responsibility for, for our lives and realize the impact we're having on others. So remember that truth I started about when God speaks his will into our lives and we respond with disobedience, we enter into a state of rebellion and invite consequences that negatively affect us and everyone else in our little corner of the world. Is that, is that making a difference in your life today? Is there something God's asking you to do that you're not doing? Have, have you walked away from something that he once made clear? I want to tell you the rest of the story that I started a little bit ago. I was seven years old. I, I actually, for most of my adult life, I've not liked telling my testimony because I, I really know that I came to Christ as a child and it's very undramatic. I mean, I, I wasn't doing much. I, I wasn't even smoking my Crayolas. I mean, but as I've reflected back on it, I, I, even when I've made sinful choices, I've really wrestled with was I saved and, and I really do believe I was. But that decision, again, made it so that everything after that's a consequence. Then, at the end of my junior year in college, I surrendered to God's call to, to give my life to him vocationally. And that decision changed everything as well. And so I've had some stinky times in life. The worst I've caused by my own choices. I think that's true of all of us. We're the worst enemy any of us have. So my sinful choices have caused the worst pain I've experienced. But I have to be honest, I've spent 25 years serving the church, different churches, different places. And there's been some stinky stuff. I've seen hurt. I've had my feelings hurt. I've had people say things that are untrue and unkind. I've been disappointed and felt like a failure. I've had Sundays where I thought, hello, I see dead people. And, and wondering if anybody's listening and kind of wanting to drive over where and just, just I wanting to quit, but I haven't quit by God's grace. And here's why. Because I know that when God calls me to do something, I have to be faithful if I want to experience his blessings. If he calls me to do something and I quit just because of my feelings, then I've removed myself from the presence of God just 
as clearly as Jonah did when he got on that boat. So Christ follower, I don't know how many more times I can ask you. Do you get the picture? What is it that God's saying, get up, get going, and get after it? I'm going to ask you to do something in a minute. For some of you, it's going to be a stretch. In just a minute, I'm going to bow our heads. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite some people to begin a relationship with Jesus. And then if you're a Christ follower and God's spirit has been working in these last 40 minutes in your life and and you're responding to it, I'm going to ask you to consider just coming and kneeling at these steps just kind of as a visual way of saying, God, my yes is on the table. Whatever it is, the answer is yes. All right? Now, some of you here have never begun a relationship with Christ. God's calling you to. And this is the best part. His call on your life is the greatest call that you could ever get. Because I believe God brought you to this place today so that he could call you into his family. Just listen to this from the Bible, and then I want to pray. John fifteen sixteen. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you could go and bear fruit. I believe if you don't have a relationship with Christ... God brought you here today so that you could hear the truth of the gospel. That you're separated from God because of your sin. That God loves you and you're his favorite in spite of your sin. That he sent his son to die to take the punishment for your sin. And that he wants life within, he wants life with you. He chose you. Here's what I want you to do. Choose him. Choose him today. I want you to pray with me. God, in this moment, I ask you to work in a significant way. Lord, I pray that what you do affect our futures. I pray that mom and dads and grandparents surrender the future of their children to your call on their lives. I pray that college students put their yes on the table. Lord, some of them, you want them to go in places we may not even can pronounce, but you want them to be willing to serve you. Others, you just want them to be faithful as they get their education and in their vocation to represent you with great passion. God, there are men and women of all ages in this room, and you are calling us to act. May this be a revival of putting our yes on the table for your glory. Now, if you're here and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, I would invite you just to do that right now. And really, I'll be honest, I I really think you could be as simple as saying, Jesus, I choose to follow you right here, right now. But if you want me to help walk you through a prayer, maybe you'd pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I know how much I need you. I believe you died for me. I know I'm a sinner. Receive your forgiveness. I'm tired of going my way. I don't want to go to Tarshish. I'm ready to follow you. Even if that means Nineveh. So save me today. Thank you for choosing me, Jesus. Save me. heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and just like the rest of it this is not a mystical moment or a magical moment and I'm certainly not going to draw attention to you or embarrass you but I just feel led 
If you just prayed that prayer, I want to celebrate with you. So in this moment of quiet and even darkness, if you just prayed that prayer with me, would you do me a favor right where you are? Would you just slip up your hand just so I can welcome you to God's family? That's pretty awesome. Welcome to God's family. Any of you that did that, welcome to God's family. That's the most important thing you could ever do. So God, we do thank you. Thank you that you're changing lives even here for your glory. We love you. We ask this in your name. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.